from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach. You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Dolphins Ravens Sunday here on ESPN 106.3. Your home for the Dolphins in Palm Beach County in the Treasure Coast. By the way, Theo, you see these uh, you see these socks I'm sporting today? Oh, Two okay. of socks, baby. I got number one right on my ankles and my calves. I'm feeling good about it. I picked, by the way, the Dolphins to beat the Ravens 31-17. to That is a bold pick. Not, not because of holding the Ravens to 17, but scoring 31. I believe. On the road. I believe. I, I like the belief, but that's a strong. I mean, they, they've got to get the run game going. Now, granted, the Dolphins never, and I mean never, and I mean ever play well in Baltimore. Ever, 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 ever. Yeah. But I believe this time. I believe. Throw out a cover zero again against Lamar. If he struggles one game this year, let it be this game, and then let him blow the roof off the season and get his bag. Yeah, I think so. Here's the, here's my thought process with this though, especially with it being in Baltimore. I think the Dolphins still win. I think I picked the Dolphins as well. Okay. Um, or did I pick the Ravens? I can't even remember. I was going back and forth, but I do think this is a revenge game for Lamar from last year, from that Thursday night. They embarrassed night game. him. Yeah. On prime time. Yeah. In his home state, where that, I'm sure he had the, a lot of family in the crowd. Well, that's the game that everybody points to. The yeah. the Lamar contract detractors, they point to that game and say, see, he got figured out. Even though, God forbid, a quarterback have a bad game, yeah. it happens all the time. Um, like Ryan Fitzpatrick was on Barstool and talked about the game that the Dolphins won, uh, or the, the Bills won back in 2013 against the Patriots where Tom Brady threw five interceptions mm. and then Brady snubbed Ryan Fitzpatrick in the postgame handshake, which is why Mahomes think he was the he was the or um uh, Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick thinks it. he was the mother bleeper in the Tom Brady video when he was detailing his free agency leaving the Patriots because uh Fitzpatrick got got snubbed in that postgame handshake after yeah. five interceptions from Tom Brady. So quarterbacks have bad games, no matter how great they are. But that's that game is being used as the ammo for the uh, this dude should just accept whatever the Ravens offer him crowd. Yeah, and Peyton Manning was the king of bad games early on in his career, for sure, and even later. I mean, his interception totals in his first two years are <laughs> jaw dropping. I mean, it would make jaw Brett Favre blush. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Brett Favre, speaking of, he's got his own problems. <laughs> uh, Brett Favre, by the way, I, he's got to go to prison, right? He's got to. Five million dollars in welfare money just I mean, to funnel it to Southern Miss. That is um for anybody sick. for anybody non celeb, and he's like a god in Mississippi. He's not just yeah. a celeb, he's a god. That's prison time. You and I do that, it's prison time. Yeah. That's multiple years of prison. That's sick. But, but is he's Brett Favre. I don't know. I think he's getting away with it. He's gross. Yeah. He is disgusting. He's always been a sick kind of guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always we, been an unsavory kind right, of aura about him. Right. And, and I mean, it it took just a little bit of rehabilitation for the uh the picks of uh of of little four, yeah. Jennifer Sturger, and that sort of just blew over fine, whatever. But this is like fraud. This yeah. is outright fraud. Yeah. At this point he's he's kind of a bad guy. He's yeah, he's definitely a yeah. bad guy. I mean, that is literally st- stealing money. From the 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 most disadvantaged he, in that he's, state, he's doing the opposite of the Robin Hood. Yeah, which is the poorest state in the country. Yeah. So think about that too. So it's uh, he's he's a bad human being, just a bad bad guy altogether. I want to get to the Canes here, and I'm curious what you think because Woo! you're going to be ready to go nine o'clock tomorrow yes. night, nine o'clock Eastern time. Yes. It'll be the Canes at Texas A&M. Texas A&M so bad last week. 
against App State that they have decided to go a different direction at quarterback. Mm. Max Johnson, the LSU transfer, is going to start, make his Texas A&M debut uh, tomorrow night in College Station. Before the season started, I kept hearing from Canes fans, hey, if we just hang around with Texas A&M, I feel good about that. I feel good about that. We're, 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 we're trying to win the ACC. Uh, we're going to see where we're at when we go to Texas A&M. Like, it's going to be tough. We understand that. Um, so if we hang around with them, I'll feel good about it. Like, they were fully prepared for the moral victory yeah. approach to Texas A&M. What nobody counted on was Texas A&M falling at home with one of the worst offensive performances we have seen in years to App State and going into this game after changing their quarterback and with a ton of strife around that program. So I'm wondering, this whole moral victory approach that Canes fans had in the offseason, you can't have that approach anymore after seeing what App State did to Texas A&M last week and completely shut them down. What happens if Miami goes in and gets throttled by a Texas A&M team that suddenly finds itself again? How good can you feel about the Canes and the progress they've made to this point with Mario Cristobal if you go into College Station, which was a conceivable possibility before they lost to App State, and you get absolutely hammered? How do we think about the Canes? I almost feel like this is to me. There's more pressure now on the Canes to go and win this game than at any point there was when this game was put on the schedule, or when Mario Cristobal was hired. Yeah, this is um, – some people are looking at this as App State beating Texas A&M, and, oh, that's worst-case scenario for Miami because now A&M is up. This is a must-win for them. They're angry. They're ang- all of that. I look at this as a best-case scenario for the Canes because now there's blood in the water. Now there is a situation where we're really going to find out what we have here in a Cristobal coach team, and he'll find out himself – what kind of dogs he have. Is it, there's blood in the water in College Station. Do we have sharks or do we got guppies? And they'll find out on Saturday. And the best part of all of this is if the Canes do, and I, I think the Canes still can win this matchup. I think they can run the ball well in Texas a and I mean, shows based that, on what they did last week, the Canes, I think now absolutely should win this. And they I'm should. I'm worried about what the perception is going to be if they lose this but and lose it big. That's perfect, though, right? Because, number one, it's a non-conference game. So even if you do lose this one and quote-unquote lose it big, the goal at the end of the year this year is to be in Charlotte for the ACC championship to game. To the reasonable person. What right. I'm saying uh, is that Canes fans, there are pockets – vocal pockets yeah. of unreasonable. I mean, nobody's expecting a college football playoff berth. It can happen now. It can happen, but nobody's expecting it. So the reasonable goal is to be in Charlotte at the end of the year for the ACC championship game. This game has no impact on that. But what this game does tell you is if they're sharks or if they're guppies. Do they see the blood in the water? Do they see some turmoil? And do they almost put Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat with a big win like this? Or do they go into College Station and get beat up on, and then Cristobal gets to find out, okay, I need to re- recruit stronger at linebacker. Or I need to really, you know, I'm, I'm glad we got a good offensive line class coming in because these guys can't handle it. Like, I think it's a good measuring stick game that also doesn't matter to the outcome of the goal. Eight days ago, uh, it was easy to say, hey, this will be a nice measuring stick game for Miami. And if they hang around and put themselves in a position to win, you feel great about yeah. how far they've come 
so far through three games with Mario Cristobal. You've got a great gauge. But now, and again, I know how Canes fans think. I am married to a Canes fan who spends a lot of her time around other Canes fans. There are pockets, and I'm not saying my wife, I'm not saying her immediate friends, but there are pockets. I hear them, I talk to them, that they are not rational, and they will turn on coaches immediately. I saw it with Randy Shannon. I saw it with Al Golden. I saw it with Mark Richt at the end, and he had a good season. And I saw it with Manny Diaz. There are, there are expectations that are put out publicly, then there are expectations in their heads, what they expect. And so eight days ago, if Miami went out there and competed, you'd feel great. You'd celebrate. If they got hammered, all right, fine. There's still work to do. It's early in the Mario Cristobal experience. But now, after Texas A&M lost to App State, not only lost but looked absolutely miserable doing it, if the Canes go out there and when one of the options was to get hammered at Texas A&M when we thought Texas A&M was Texas A&M, I fear that there are going to be some Canes fans who say, what in the hell was that? I thought Mario Cristobal was supposed to come in here and instill discipline. I thought this was supposed to be a team that executes. I thought this was supposed to be a team that could get us back on the national landscape. And I'm fearful that there's more pressure now on the Canes because of what Texas A&M did last week than there was at any point in this offseason when we're looking ahead to this game. Because Texas A&M lost in the manner that it did especially, lost period, but lost in the manner that it did to App State, is there more pressure on the Canes now to win this game? Is there more pressure on the Canes to win this game than there's ever been because of what Texas A&M did last week? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. I mean, Theo, you and I are on the same page. And I have said for months and months and months now, as we discuss the future of Miami football, if Mario Cristobal can get it to a point where every other year or every three years or so you can be in Charlotte, you have an opportunity to play for an ACC title, and maybe once every seven or eight years you have a chance to be in the college football playoff, be in that discussion, put yourself in a position, that's a success. Recalibrating expectations. Now, all that, I think, got blown out of the water. What I thought was reasonable when Mario Cristobal was hired, because now... Of course, Mario's going to win every press conference. Mm. And, of course, it's your boy coming home. And, of course, it's, oh, there's a man that won a lot of games at Oregon. We're back in the picture now. NIL money. Give it to me, billionaire John Ruiz. But these games now absolutely matter. And Canes fans were okay with a moral victory because they're in benefit of the doubt honeymoon mode. But I just don't know, especially late Saturday night, people's got, people have some drinks in them, and Texas A&M wins by 30 which could have been a possibility, we would think, if they were still coming in as a top-10 team. I don't know. This makes me feel like there's a lot more pressure on the Canes now than there was eight days ago. I think that's perfect, though. Like Again, it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem that in Week 3, you have a road game against the non-conference opponent that you feel pressure to go out and win. Because, again, you get to evaluate. A lot of this right now for Cristobal as well, as he gets his recruiting classes in, you know what I think matters more is how great this upcoming recruiting class and the one after that is Sure, more than the result of a Saturday night non-conference game in College Station. How patient, though, are Canes fans going to be? They don't. It doesn't matter. Canes fans are impatient but people. Canes fans can't run Mario Cristobal out the door. They can't. They can't? They can't. Not in year one. 
Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not saying that. But I, what I'm saying is Even if is they that, lose faith, what does that even do? So that's not going to shake the foundation. Mario Cristobal is a tried and true guy. I understand that. And I'm not, I, I hope you're not proposing that he would be. I, I, what I'm saying is that I have seen cracks start with every coach that have only gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And I would hate for this to be this early, first a crack, crack mm. that starts the, oh, I'm not sure about Mario. I'm not sure about Mario. Because with Manny, it was the FIU loss. With Al Golden, it was the Cincinnati loss. Um, uh, Randy Shannon, it was any number of maybe the Duke loss where he's complaining about how far a walk it is from the locker room to the field. And then these fissures just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And when Texas A&M, we thought was... Texas A&M, the team that beat Alabama, the team that was going to be positioned to compete for an SEC title, it was easy to say, oh, the Canes are going in and you're just stacking yourself up yeah, yeah. against them. And if they compete, you feel great about it. Warms your heart. Go Canes. We absolutely can run through the Coastal Division now. We can be in Charlotte. But if you go in and you get plastered by a team that suddenly finds itself but lost to App State in embarrassing fashion last week, I just worry that the impatient Canes fan starts to grab hold already and I hate that thought I hate I, that thought I would love it I would lo- I'm the type of guy that you know I, I thrive in a, in a situation of a little bit of hostility so if Kane's fans want to start going at war with each other I would love it and I'd love to get in some of those heated arguments because again just like I feel about Saturday night's result also I think the passion of the pessimistic Kane's fans doesn't matter in the long run because what matters is the foundation that Cristobal has already started building and has built. And I think the recruiting classes that he has coming in, the confidence of his guys in the locker room and administration has to be weighed a little more heavier than a, you know, again, a non-conference game at College Station that doesn't have a direct impact on the end goal of this season. I just don't want them to embarrass themselves. They won't. They won't. You got to trust the process here, man. I think, too. I mean, I'm already seeing on Twitter during Kane's games, oh, why does TVD look like that? Yeah, he doesn't look um, great. Uh, is Mario going to give us any insight into injuries? Like, already, it's, uh, it, it, you know, obviously, some are celebrating the Mario Cristobal. Ah, look, discipline. Look, he's yelling at his players. <laughs> look, that's a good thing. Yeah, meatball frothing at the mouth, all that stuff. But already, the oh, why isn't this offense taking off? Oh, they still can't tackle, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's, it's the constant. There is a consistent... Canes fan pessimism yeah. that, I, again, just like Ivy, I've seen it take hold and then overtake with every single coach since I came down here in 2007. And I'm not saying it's not the coach's fault, but I would hate to be have it start early for the Hollywood story, Mario Cristobal coming back home. It, it, would, that. It, would be, it would be a little irritating, but also one thing that Canes fans, and I have to remind myself too these past two Saturdays as I've watched Miami play, they play Bethune-Cookman and Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. It's easy so, to play down to that. Yeah, so you, you might play down to it a little bit. You're not showing all of your cards on offense, especially when you know you have College Station coming up. And at that time, we thought Texas A&M was, again, a playoff contender. So I would wait and see. This Saturday, we're going to see a lot. Number one, we're going to see a Canes team that is now expected to win on the road against a good opponent. And also, we'll probably see the play calling on offense open up a bit more. And maybe we see more of that TVD stuff because I know the Heisman hype that Heisman train has died all the way down oh, yeah. for Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, it is It is halted it ain't right happened. now. Yeah, it is, <laughs> it is pulled off to the side of the road right now. Yeah. Uh, and Noah Xavier Strepo, again, for Miami uh, Canes receiver. He has a broken foot. Uh, so And that's his roommate. That's his guy. That's his guy, exactly. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm just curious, how much pressure 
do you believe is on the Canes? How much pressure is on the Canes to win? Not just compete, but how much pressure now is on the Canes to win at Texas A&M tomorrow night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. How much pressure is on Miami to win at Texas A&M tomorrow night? Because I think now there's not only more pressure, but now there's an expectation to win, which didn't exist prior to Texas A&M losing to App State. There's an expectation to win now, which inherently is going to bring big pressure to win from this fan base. How much pressure is in Miami to win at Texas A&M? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Shark Wake Park will host the first-ever IWWF Pan American Wakeboard and Wakeskate Championships in West Palm at Okahili Park, September 22nd through the 24th. The championship is a qualifying event for the IWWF World Championship hosted in Thailand November of this year. The top qualifying U.S. competitors will be representatives of the first-ever Team USA Cable Wakeboard with over $10,000 in cash prizes. Spectators are welcome. No entry or admission fee. 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. They'll have food trucks, beer, wine, champagne, and more. September 22nd through the 24th, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. daily. Sharkwakepark.com slash 561 for tickets and more info. That's Shake Wake, uh, Shake Wake, Shark Wake, not Shake Wake. Sharkwakepark.com slash 561 for tickets and more info, Shark Wake Park hosting the first ever IWWF Pan American Wakeboard and Wake Skate Championships. Canes fans, how much pressure is on the Canes to go and compete tomorrow night? Not just compete, though, but win at Texas A&M. How much pressure now is on the Canes to win at Texas A&M? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And on Twitter, at KLV1063. He's Theodore, CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Hey, it's time to channel your inner Simon Cowell and vote for this year's RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Idol Competition presented by the City of Boca Raton. It's narrowed down to the final five. The five finalists take the stage of the Boca Raton Marriott Wednesday, September 28th, 6 p.m., emceed by yours truly, to determine who will perform the national anthem at this year's RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Purchase your tickets now at SpiritOfGivingNetwork.com, SpiritOfGivingNetwork.com. It is the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl Idol Competition presented by the City of Boca Raton looking for our national anthem singer in the 2022 edition of the game. Canes fans, seeing what Texas A&M did last week, which was take a big old dump in College Station. Is there now an expectation to win, which didn't exist before, and inherently pressure now? How much pressure is on Miami to go and pick up a W at Texas A&M? 888-760-3776. Let's start in Delray with Jorge. Jorge's on Ken LeVick Alive. Hey, Jorge. Hey, buddies. We have to win that game regardless of what happened last week to them. Have to win it. Just from a confidence standpoint, like building a base, uh, what uh, if they do lose the game, how do you feel about the direction that the Canes are going in? Direction, they're going in the right directions. That chewing out he gave to the guy last week on the sideline, 
they have to stop for the silly penalties that have killed us for the last five years. <laughs> so that's what the, that, that that's what has us in the right direction. The chewing out is is what got the Canes ship turned around. You know the penalties that have killed us the last five years, man. Silly stuff. Oh my gosh! But, oh I my mean, gosh. so so you, but you're expecting a win, Jorge. That's what I'm gathering. You're expecting they go in and they win yes. tomorrow night. Absolutely, Jorge. Appreciate the call. See, I told you, Canes fans love seeing Mario Cristobal yell at people. They love I'm seeing Cristobal you. yell at people, and they're expecting you. a win at College Station. I told you. Yeah. I told you. Yeah. I know my people. Oof. Damon's in Delray. Hey, Damon. Hey, what's up, Ken? What's up, buddy? Um, yeah, I, good, my man. I, no, you have it right. I mean, they there's much more of an expectation. Even though Appalachian State's got a history of that, they sure. beat Michigan in sure. the big house one time, actually. But anyway, people got to realize, though, we're spoiled down here with these Canes. I mean, they won five national championships, and they blew it in three other games. They could have had, like, eight. You well, know what I mean? The Ohio State um, game. Yeah. Yeah. They blew well, yeah, absolutely, yeah. my friend. Penn but State. you know they they laid an egg against yeah. Alabama. They Nebraska beat them, which never happened. But Oof. my point is this: people have to get real and realize they are a top twenty team right now, and let them build from that. Yeah, I think uh, that's reasonable. You, you know, and on all the yeah. goals, if if the Canes lose and lose bad, you know it sucks, and you're like, uh oh. But all the goals are still in place. I still say it there. all the time with FAU. FAU goes to a Power Five, they get blasted, they get their paycheck, and guess what though. The conference championship, and Miami's in conference championship mode. All the goals are still on the table. Yeah. And, and that, that's yeah. what I think the program is. This program, if you think that this is college football playoff contention, Miami, you are delusional and probably on meth. That's just an assumption. 100%. But probably on meth. Yeah, most likely. Yeah. And, and, and again, I would say this too, if there's any year where a one-loss ACC champion could still make the college football playoff, I think it's this year. It's a Maybe. little weak at the top. Maybe. I just I, if if Miami can win this game, then you can start thinking maybe well, about here's that. Here's what I'll say. If Miami loses this game, wins out, and beats Clemson in the ACC championship game, there's a route where they can get in because you're not gonna have Notre Dame now. That's out. And Ohio State looks very uh, beatable. I, I love it, Christian. You see what's I'm just happening saying. here? It, it, the, the Canes fans trying to talk himself into saying, this actually being a oh college football God. playoff year. I'm not saying it is one. I'm just saying uh, he if, just agreed with me on the meth, and now he's actually he does have if, some of that delusion in his head. I'm just letting people know College Station is not a must win because you can lose that game and still accomplish every goal in sight. Breaking: Theo says the Canes are going <laughs> to the college football playoff. Uh, joining us now, like he does every week here on Ken Levick Alive, he is our football insider. He is the former GM of the Jets, the former. VP of Football Operations for the Miami Dolphins, and he is a staple on ESPN's NFL coverage. We love him. He's Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken Levick Alive. Uh, Mike, real quick, I'm just going to pick your brain since you heard that conversation. Uh, how much pressure do you think are on the Canes to go to Texas A&M and win tomorrow night? Yeah, I agree with you, Ken. Like, If they win, great. If not, they can still win their conference title, and in year one, that would be a great step for them. So I think they're playing with house money this week. I want to uh, I, I want to have you answer what we started the show with. The AFC West quarterbacks, Herbert, Mahomes, Carr, Wilson, you pick one to start a franchise with, and you pick one to release altogether. Who are you starting a franchise with with the AFC West quarterbacks, and who are you dropping altogether? I'm going to take Herbert based on his age and his size. I think he has all the makings to be a, a star long-term, and... You know, all four are really good, but I guess Russell Wilson, just because he's the oldest and the smallest, but 
I would love to have Russell Wilson on my team. Yeah, it, it's a tough call uh, because, again, that, that division is stacked. I think Russell Wilson probably certainly looked the worst of all of the quarterbacks in, in week number one. Um, uh, let's, let's, before we get back to Nathaniel Hackett, I do want to ask you about <laughs> what you saw last night with Herbert versus Mahomes. That was an awful lot of fun. Herbert had all the yards. He takes the shot in the ribs. He throws the interception, still gives his, chance, his team a chance to win. But Patrick Mahomes just seems inevitable, right? Like he is, he is truly insane with how calm under pressure he is in those big moments. You know, when it's all said and done, the difference in the AFC West this year may be the fact that Joe Lombardi is the play caller for the Chargers, yeah. and he didn't see Gerald Everett put his hand up. So when a player puts his hand up, guys, in the league, what that means is they want to come out. They had that big chunk play. Yeah. Gerald Everett wanted to come out. Clearly, it was like part of their game plan that they were going to go hurry up, and that's a good way to nullify crowd noise and to not allow the Chiefs to sub on defense. And Clearly, when you go hurry up like that, you don't sub. And they ran a play. There was a miscommunication between Everett and Justin Herbert. That was really the difference in the game, that one play. And when it's all said and done, could you imagine if this comes down to, guys, that the fact that the Chiefs win the division because of that game and why they win that game, Gerald Everett couldn't get out, and they ran a play. And I'm sure if Joe Lombardi had that back, if he knew that one of the players was trying to get out, they would not have run that no-huddle play. That is an excellent observation. That is extremely well said, and, and you're a thousand percent right on that. It seems like the Chiefs and Chargers are about as even as you can get. No, that gap is almost completely closed. Oh, did we lose Mike? I think we might have lost Mike. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I, I got you. Okay. I got you. Uh, so I just wanted to ask, I'll, um, when it comes to the Chiefs and the Chargers, it seems like that gap is completely closed, right? Like they are, they are very even. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I brought up the point, Ken, that like the whole year may come down to that one play because I, I think they're 1-1A one one clearly. All right, so as we talk with Mike Tannenbaum here on Ken Levick Alive, you are the, the GM of the Denver Broncos, okay? You're, you're, you're in the front office, and you've hired a sparkling new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. And in week one, with your quarterback who just signed the third highest guaranteed money of all time in NFL history, uh, you set up for a 64-yard field goal at sea level to try and win the game on Monday Night Football in said quarterback and coach's debut. What is the conversation between you and your new head coach after that game? Yeah, I'm really disappointed in the process. Like, we could all quibble about the results, which were clearly wrong, and he clearly made the wrong decision. And that's going to happen. I can live with that. What I can't live with is where was the process? Like, who was in charge of telling you, you know, to use your timeout? Because, again, yeah. uh, Nathaniel Hackett's the play caller, Ken, yeah. and he's the head coach. Someone has to be in his ear about calling timeout. And if we juxtapose that with Brian Dayball, who was also a rookie head coach, and they went for two against Tennessee, and it worked out. I'd ask the same question. Like, tell me about your process. Like, why did you make that decision? Because over the long term, be it Nathaniel Hackett, Brian Dayball, or whomever, you want to make sure you have the process right. And what I was really disappointed in that Seattle-Denver game was the decision was wrong by any standard. But more yeah. fundamentally, like, how did you get to that decision? Yeah, yeah, no, Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I still am confounded by it that he still says that was his target at the 46. All right, so let's wrap with this here. You've got the Jets and you've got the Browns tomorrow. Uh, and uh, just speaking of the, the AFC West, 
or, uh, the AFC East, I should say. The Jets certainly seem like they are the basement of the division. You had Robert Sala this week really sort of coming off as sensitive. We've got a list, and we're going to – I hear who's mocking us, and we're going to name names. we got receipts. Uh, that type of behavior from the head coach in that market, that's not a great idea, no? That's exactly right. It's not good in any market, but especially in New York. Your job is to win football games. You won four games in two years. Like, it doesn't matter what someone says. It doesn't matter what someone blogs. All that matters is that you lost to the Ravens at home and that do the 53 men in that room on Wednesday morning when you come in with a game plan feel like they have a reasonable chance to win. That is all that matters. Everything else is a distraction. And when you bring that up, it looks like you're being distracted and not leading. Mike, excellent work as always. If you could, a little bit about Greco Chevy. Talk about people that aren't distracted. Greco Chevrolet, conveniently located, Federal Highway in Delray Beach. Great car buying experience. Ron and his staff, very knowledgeable, very fair pricing, new, used, certified, pre-owned. Greco Chevrolet, great car buying experience in Delray Beach. Mike, awesome work. Looking forward to seeing you on ESPN. Enjoy your weekend. We'll talk next week, okay? All right, Ken. Thanks so much. That is Mike Tannenbaum with us here on Ken Levicka Live. I think the process discussion is important yeah. with Nathaniel Hackett because we kept, I mean, we were talking about it, uh, and, and Stone kept trying to, well, what if he made it? Well, what if he made it? If he made it, what's the, it was still the wrong call. But even when Nathaniel Hackett said the day after, yeah, it was my mistake. We shouldn't have done that. But we hit the target, the 46. No! Why is the target the 46? It's a 60 four-yard field goal. What are we missing here? And Mike T's right. What is the process there? Who is advising you on that? And and the problem, I think the biggest problem that I have with all of that is we can't act as if Russell Wilson is going to be the savior of the franchise and this franchise QB that you're bringing in at 33 years old with the Super Bowl experience and then not put the ball in his hands in a pivotal moment. Like, it's also to me a trust thing, and it shows me that he didn't even trust Russ more so than he thought that was really the target line. He didn't trust Russ to get those five yards. Let me tell you about uh, the the great people at EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes, they're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. EDS Air Conditioning, they know their process. They aren't going to Nathaniel Hackett. They're not going to Broncos this thing up, mm. okay? Here's the process. AC, sputtering, AC goes out. Uh-oh, you sweat. You're hot. Not good. Family's upset. So then you go to edsairconditioning.com. You say, oh, man, I need to make an appointment. You make an appointment. They say, all right, well, what does your schedule look like? Because we want to work around your time. We want to get out there as soon as we can so we can help you fix your problem, whether it be fully replacing your AC unit or whether it is your system refresh that's trying to get back to warranty and making that AC unit go so you don't have to spend all the money on one singular AC unit at one time. Pretty reasonable, right? And they're using the best equipment. They're going to be bringing out their train equipment. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. And so they're going to come out. They're going to fix you up. You're going to love the experience. And you're going to say, you know what? That was great. EDS is yes. That's their process, okay? EDS Air Conditioning. EDSAirConditioning.com. Family owned and operated. Doing it since 2006. Palm Beach County and the surrounding areas. That's EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is yes. EDSAirConditioning.com. We're getting petty. We're getting trollish. When we come back, he's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. 
from the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Texas A&M has announced a sellout. It's going to be the fourth largest crowd the Miami football has ever played in front of tomorrow night. 102,733 mm. at Kyle Field tomorrow. Miami taking on Texas A&M, and that'll be right here on your home for Canes football in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. ESPN 106.3. Theo Dorsey is a man of many tastes. One of them is to disrespect your favorite team or your fantasy team or anything that you love from a sports perspective. He's going to make it hurt. He's going to stare you in the eyes. He is going to insult your team. He is going to insult you because of your team. If you're not in his vicinity, he'll get on his phone. He'll FaceTime you, and he'll come at you that way. He's very versatile. He is very trollish. He is very petty, and it is time now for him to take his temple of troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rosiu then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Troll. Mm-mm-mm. Gonna sit back and take this in. I, here, here's the thing to it. I couldn't wait to do this one because I was invoked. I was provoked, excuse me. Provoked? All so you're morning invoking long. your <laughs> privilege to come back at said person. Yes, yes, yes. And this is a person that our family and fans here know very well. Uh, Josh the Jester. Cohen, who you can hear on the home team from 4 to 6, Monday through Friday. Uh, Last night during Thursday Night Football, he decided to uh, make an attack, uh, try to come at the very fortified armor of my Chiefs kingdom (laughs) by saying said tweet while the Chargers were leading on Thursday Night Football, quote, Mahomes is not going to survive the season unscathed, right? He follows that tweet up by saying that my Kansas City Chiefs are going to go at best 9 and Uh 8 during the regular season. Not only did the Chiefs come back and win, because right. obviously I know they would. Not only do they have two wins, that's twice as many as any other team in the NFL. I'm going out on a limb here, and for the rest of the football season, because of all of the idiotic takes we've gotten out of Josh Cohen, who, again, you can hear on his home team show, where they do a lot of clownery. I mean, he's Josh the Jester, uh-huh. uh, for, for one and all, from 4 to 6 here on ESPN 106.3. I'm going to say, and, and I got this line from Kanye West. He hopped on CNBC earlier today. And he told them, I'm not going to argue with people who are broker than me about money. Here's what I'll say to Josh Cohen, uh-huh. the jester. Uh-huh. I'm not going to argue with people who know less about football than me about football. Ooh. Josh Cohen, stick to fighting. Stick to UFC, wear your pink jacket, try and be cute, make your little jokes. Don't come at Chiefs Kingdom again or you'll find yourself on the wrong side of another Chiefs victory. Wow, targeting Josh the Jester Cohen, Theo Look, Dorsey, laying it down in the Temple of Trolls. I had to get to him because I know he's going to try to say something. I know he's been tweeting up a storm, Mr. Twitter Fingers. Yeah, he's Mr. The Kevin, Twitter Fingers. He's the Kevin Durant of ESPN 106.3. <laughs> he really is. And not by talent. I'm talking about by the way he works his thumbs and he works his magic on the internet. It's all Twitter. That. It's all tweet. That is an all-world edition. That is first <laughs> conference First team all conference <laughs> temple of troll from Theo Dorsey. Let's get to our uh, our Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. Hut! Green! Hut! Hut! Oh no. 
There's a man down. Oh, the Dolphins have more offensive line problems. Right tackle Austin Jackson headed for short-term injured reserve, going to IR out at least four games. And, Theo, this does not help an offensive line that, while it protected Tua, the Dolphins didn't do a damn thing Mm. on the ground in the Week 1 win over the Patriots. Not having Austin Jackson, and I can't believe I'm saying this, is really going to hurt (laughs) the Dolphins' run game. But also you've got Taron Armstead who's banged up. The whole thing, it's every season there's an offensive line problem. Yeah, yeah. And and doing that up against Baltimore on the road. Not great. Against a team that likes to get after quarterbacks, not going to be pretty. I'm still standing by 31-17 to Dolphins. That is a tough pick right now. No Austin Jackson, no problem. (laughs) Bet. That is your Baptist Health Orthopedic Care Injury Emporium. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more info. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. BaptistHealth.net slash ortho. We'll come back and put a bow on it when we return. It's Theodore CWPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. That Temple of Troll ruled. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. No better weekend to go car shopping than this weekend. If you need a new automobile, don't wait. Do not wait. And make sure you go to Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. Oh, my credit's bad. It does not matter. I tell you over and over again, there's a credit clinic on site. There's bank reps there to help you. And the best part, it's a no-judgment zone. At Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach, you can get off the lot in a brand-new Kia or a certified pre-owned, and you can put together a situation where you're not worried about your car payment. You can make your car payment. They're looking out for you, and that's why I appreciate about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. It's why I'm a customer. It's why you will be as well, and you'll tell your friends, and you'll tell your family. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport, military trail in West Palm Beach. It is Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Let's go ahead and get to our EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week, and I think Theo is going to like this. Time now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS air conditioning. Pro Football Focus and Patrick Mahomes have had a contentious relationship. After week one, Pro Football Focus said Patrick Mahomes had the eighth best week (laughs) of any quarterback. They graded Patrick Mahomes low last year, which led to questions about... Is he declining? Mm. So last night, after the Chiefs win, here's Patrick Mahomes at the podium. You saw the ball hit the ground. You saw a little bit of movement. Um, but they have been a little bit more lenient on letting the ball move and if the guy gets his hands underneath it. So you hope you hope that they that it's called no return, obviously. Um, but on the play, they, they got me. I mean, they, they, they were all game. They were playing one coverage, and out of nowhere, they threw me with a shell coverage um, with the corner who had been playing, just kind of getting out of there the whole time, he, he dropped down and played cover two, and so it, it got me. They, I mean, I don't throw it just straight to guys m- most most times, and so, um, but got lucky enough that it bounced around, hit the ground, and I was able to get another chance at it. Um, I'm sure PFF will have me a low grade for that, but uh, I'll keep it rolling. 
So the interception, no interception thrown by Mahomes, overturned, and now he takes a shot at PFF. Your boy's rolling now. That's what you do when you're on top. He's he's now he's looking for enemies. He's looking for competitors because the rest of these guys can't do it. He's on top of the castle yeah. with Theo. Have a great weekend. Go Dolphins. That's Theo. Thanks to Christian Ken. I'm Ken Levicka. We'll talk to you Monday. Bye-bye.